I will feast at the table of the Lord. I will feast at the table of the Lord. I won't hunger anymore. Welcome to the table. You are listening to the Kingstown Communion podcast with lead pastor Michelle Matthews. The Kingstown Communion is a new United Methodist Church existing to gather people into communion with Jesus Christ through courageous conversation, creative community, and collaborating for the common good. For more information about upcoming events and opportunities to serve, visit our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Kingstown Communion. We're glad that you're listening along with us. If you live close by, we hope you'll join us for worship in person. And if you ever feel so inclined to help us by giving financially, you can do so on our website, kingstowncommunion.net. Well, once again, Jesus' critics are on the prowl. They're seeking to trip him up in a way they can use to discredit him or, or worse. So his critics, they try, to, they try to get him, they try to get Jesus into a debate over purity laws. And they accuse Jesus' followers in, in moral laxity, in not properly washing their hands, making themselves ritually pure before, before taking a meal together. And their concern is not about hygiene, it's not about germs, but rather the ritual obedience to the teachings of scripture. To tell you the truth though, there are tons of people that didn't follow the letter of the dietary and purity law. So many people didn't, but the Pharisees, at least depicted by Mark, are sticklers for following every little tittle of the law's demands. The law, the Torah, they knew, they knew it as a gift. They knew it was given by God to help Jews get closer to God, to, they, 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 to help humanity and God do business with one another and to relate with one another. That was what the law was for throughout the ages. Obedience to the law, to the Torah, or, or better translated, the way or, or the path or the spiritual teachings. This had served to preserve Israel as Israel despite centuries of Gentile persecution. In charging Jesus' followers with nonchalance as regards to the law, Jesus' critics are making this serious charge against Jesus. And, and Jesus also takes this charge seriously. He does not dismiss their concerns. Jesus says nothing to denigrate the Jewish purity laws. Now, the gospel today, in this gospel, Jesus intensifies the demands of the law by saying that we all get hung up on outward obedience, right? And we ought to be instead concerned with the heart. We ought to be concerned with the heart. We ought to be concerned with even deeper obedience to God. Jesus quotes Isaiah's criticism of those of us who honor God with our lips, who know, you know, go around saying all the right things about God, but then fail to honor God with our hearts. And then Jesus seems to warn the crowd. Hey, you don't get fixated on or or take pride in the externals of religion while ignoring 
the internal disposition. Recently, a study <clears throat> um, in modern Christianity and church experience showed that more than anything else, 20-somethings are looking for authenticity in a sermon. And honestly, as a preacher, this makes me a bit nervous. As a three, it definitely does. <laughs> I mean, I know I preach what I hope is authentic, that that's what I really believe, and I, I feel led to say this to you, and yet I'm a person who's supposed to evaluate my own authenticity. What, wouldn't I be the last person in the world to really know if I was coming across as authentic or inauthentic? It's, it's definitely a matter of self-awareness, but authenticity is gauged by the outsider, right? And, and so talk about the need for authenticity in preaching makes me a bit nervous. It does. And yeah, I need to get over it because it's completely reasonable and necessary for you <laughs> as listeners to, to believe that there is a, there needs to be in me a congruence between what I preach and how I'm internally disposed towards what I preach. Where am I internally with what appears externally on my lips here? When I was in seminary, there was this great emphasis, not as much on the subjective internal aspects of faith, but rather the external systemic legislative embodiment of our faith. It's, it's not just okay to get your heart right. No, you need to be working towards systemic solutions to social injustice. That's what you need to do. And it, and it prepared me rightly. It did. Because I do believe much of that. But I also believe that it makes a difference where my heart is. Where my internal commitment is on a, on a specific social issue. Where am I down deep on this particular issue? Where am I internally with what appears externally in my actions and on my lips? Those are fair questions. These last two weeks, we have been actively putting our faith to work as a church, making it clear, friends, that we believe and advocate for the dignity and, and livelihood of Afghan people, not just, not just American military. We mourn over what happened um, this week in Kabul, but, but we, we adopted three Afghan refugee families relocating to our very backyard, and we have been trying to make our faith more than just a matter of good intention of good intentions and, and an internal disposition. Over 50 people have donated in-kind donations. Another 25 plus have donated money. 15 people have volunteered to help with loading and unloading and setting up the day of. Well, here's a question. What if, what if I found out, and with so many folks participating in this, most of which I, we don't even know, they're coming out of everywhere, it, it's highly possible. What if I found out that the very same person who bought two beds and a couch is a cheat and a wrecking ball if you pulled back the curtain in their personal lives. Mistreating women who are his subordinates at work, neglecting his family late into the evenings, flirting at Burton's grill, or, or calling the cops without warrant on her neighbors who are always looking suspicious and leaving nasty grams on cars parked in front of her house and starting nasty online rumors about the condo board president that, that ruin her credibility and her mental health. But who cares, right? 
Who cares what, what she or he does in, in their personal life, right? As long as she gives towards injustice and humanitarian relief. <clears throat> isn't that the important thing? Well, well yes. But isn't it also important that an that a, a immoral person is, is attempting to work moral good? Or as Jesus puts it, what about the heart? I'll admit that sometimes I'm guilty too of blaming things on my externals. Everything around me, that is the people around me and the forces beyond my control and the systems that victimize. When in reality, it's, it's my internal. That, that, my, that is my heart that needs to be checked. It's my heart that's got to change. That's the risky part of the gospel. That's risky business, friends. I wonder today if that's one reason why you're here. You want to be at a place in a context where God can get at you and, and can do some work on your heart. Maybe you found yourself stuck in situations that you can't change, but, but you have a better chance of changing yourself than you do changing others. You may be unable to cha change your world, but with God's help, maybe, maybe your heart can change. As one of my favorite preachers, Will Williman, says, it, it seems to me that that favorite excuse, the devil made me do it, is under assault by Jesus in Mark 7 today. We need not have a remedy to some satanic source of evil. It's in us. And we meet no evil intentions out in the world <coughs> that we have not first met in ourselves some of us are convinced that the way we do something about the evil and brokenness we find all around us is exclusively through legislative action <coughs> or political change or systemic solutions. But this week's gospel and Mark suggests that the evil we find in the world, it's, it starts with us, friends. And if we're, we're serious about transforming the world's evil, maybe we ought to begin here in admission and confrontation in the heart. And that's where the gospel becomes really risky business. Because you may have just tuned in this morning, hoping for a few uplifting ideas or the opportunity for you to calmly cont contemplate some religious ideas and practices. And then Jesus Jesus speaks and he turns it and he, he, he forces to, you to turn it back on yourself. <clears throat> to examine yourself. To open up your heart for self-reflection. Would you pray with me, friends? Father, we come before you today as people who want to be people of a good disposition in the heart. We don't want to just do the things outwardly, God, that you would have us do. But we want our, our internal status to match our external reality. But we want our internal status to match our external reality. Jesus, only you can do that work in us. God, so much is going on. We have people in the hospital. 
who are who are ill people in the hospital who are receiving new new organs we have people in the hospital who are getting ready to deliver babies god we have people at home in our congregation who are who are mourning this heart sickness because of infertility or miscarriage we have people at home who are hunkered down in quarantine because of family exposure to covid we have people at home mourning the loss of a loved one that they never expected to happen right now and there is so much going on in the world god kabul is a mess god we pray for afghanistan We pray for the families of the lives lost there this week. God, it's not just a mess there, it's a mess here. COVID is on the rise. And we have vaccines. But this new variant is is getting out of control. There are so many evils that are happening right in our own worlds around us, and so many evils happening in the world that we can see on TV. And it's so easy to, to point God at all of that and to work towards change for all of that and forget that you are always working for change in our hearts. God, I want to be a person whose heart matches my external reality. We all do. We join with you, Jesus, in the prayer that you taught us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen.